welcome to Satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. I'm Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. Did you just put your hat backwards? I did. I'm, is this rally time? I, I almost went to like, a, you know, like, what was that over the top? Oh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. We need a table right here so we can you arm wrestle. You want to arm wrestle? You, you'd probably uh, hurt me. No, nah, dude, I'd lose. I'd lose so bad. Hey, this is Bobby Gaither, pastor <laughs> of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> hey, uh, today we're going to talk about dun, dun, dun. church politics when they go yes. crazy. Yes. Actually, we just thought we would, uh, um, it's coming into budget time for a lot of churches. Uh, and a lot of churches have, uh, you know, quarterly meetings or yeah. annual meetings. Fiscal year ends. And so we just thought we'd just uh, take a little bit of time and say, hey, what does that look like? What are we supposed to do when we gather? What is the mindset that we're supposed to have? Yeah. How do we handle things when things don't go our way? What should um, the elders do? Like, how how should they present things? Uh, yeah, anyway, so we just thought we'd tackle church politics and have a little bit of fun with it. Not church and politics. No, no, just church politics. Just church well, politics. We'll do politics another day. Politics in the church. Wait, no, not that either. So it would be helpful to let everyone know that we're going to argue from a position of a church having a plurality of elders and deacons. Yes. So uh, so that's how, how we're going to talk about this. Uh, so if you don't have elders, if you don't have deacons, uh, then... You should have them. Oh, um, <laughs> okay, yeah. We should we should probably also let people know that we are a Baptist denomination. Both of us are yes. involved in North American Baptist, uh, and so there's a particular model within the Baptist denomination with elders that's different even than that of the Presbyterian model. True. Uh, where there's more denominational um, hierarchy, right? Yeah where we would say that the governance of the church, the locus of control of the church is the church. It's the local right. church. We don't have like an outside source we don't. Like governing us in a sense. Yeah. Um, we associate. We have an association. So our right. denomination. And Chris Gorman, you know, he comes and checks in on us and makes sure we're doing the right thing. Most, mostly you. Yeah. So Chris Gorman's our regional minister. He's an awesome guy. Loves Jesus. Can pretty much do anything and everything. Uh, but yeah, he, he, keeps, he keeps me in check. Yeah. No, he keeps me in check, too. It's great. I think he keeps everyone in check. He's a great pastor of pastors, man. He is. He's a good I guy. Uh, if you don't know Chris Gorman, check him out, chrisgorman.life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't no. think he has his own should website. We, should we give out his email, though? Yeah. Or, no, he doesn't. I don't no, know. Email us, and we'll send you to him. Right. Uh, so uh, what I kind of talk about, well, let's, uh, let's start with shepherds. Yeah. Um, as elders, we are called to bring things to the church for vote. And I would just say, if you don't have in your constitution or bylaws or whatever it is, you should have a set amount of things that the church votes on uh, when they come together. And if and it should not be everything. It should probably be, I think the nine marks guys, they have something like seven things. But it's a good idea to have a designated amount of things for what the church votes on so the church knows what do they vote on and the elders know what are they supposed to approve and what are they supposed to vote on. Uh, so that's, that's really, really helpful. Um, one of those things should be like probably the annual budget, the appointing of pastors, the selling of land, stuff like that. Uh, but when, as elders, as we bring things to the church, like let's say the budget, or let's say let's say we're just going to shepherd the church in a new direction or bring something on uh, that we haven't done before, uh, 
whether the church has to vote on it or not, it's a good thing to do lots of communication. Yeah, I, I would say part of the, the the reason for the meeting, and hopefully a lot of this was done beforehand, is shepherding. Yeah, like it it is uh, to to lead your people well is to communicate well to help them understand why you're doing something and and may, probably answer some of the questions that they have in advance. Um, but here's what I would say. Unless you're proposing the idea, or should I say proposing the pondering of an idea, you, you should let your body know, the body should know or have an idea of what you're asking them to consider if you're going to vote before that Sunday <laughs> or before that meeting. I, I would say don't present new things, especially if they're supposed to vote on it ever on that day. Yes. yes. Uh, so I'll, I'll give an example. Um, we are, we're actually moving towards having deacons for a long time. Our church hadn't had deacons. They had some other roles. And so we're moving towards deacons. Uh, so what we did is we've talked to a lot of people about it within our church, and there's there's been good uh, there's been a good uh, vibe just about that. Everyone seems very willing to move forward on that. So we had a church meeting where we just where we told the church ahead of time in an email and from the pulpit we're going to gather. We want to talk about uh, doing some changes on things. We want to talk about just the possibility of moving towards deacons. We didn't say, "Look, this is what we're doing. Get on board." But we said, "Hey, we just." We want to talk about it. We want to we want to wrestle through it with you guys. So we got together. We talked about it. Church was very much on board. Uh, so we said, "Hey, if we're going to move in this, we're going to need to change uh, the constitution." And so what we did is we wrote a draft of the constitution, and then we we gave that to the church in an email and and from the pulpit. We said, "Hey, we, we sent this to you. We want you to look at it." We didn't hand out the constitutional changes. And then vote on it on that same day. So what we've tried to do is like through this whole process is bring things up prior to the church and then say, we want your feedback. If you have any questions at all, please meet with us. And go ahead. Well, I think part of part of what we're getting at, and maybe we need to narrow it down a little bit more, is the fact that church meetings like this are both administrative. Like there's a true administrative purposes to it, but it's still shepherding. As well, yes. So, so how do you do well both? How, wait, how do you do both well? <laughs> well, and, and I think we need to realize um, when, when the body gathers. I mean, that should be a time of celebration. We should be yeah. celebrating what God has been doing. Uh, we, we might need to uh, talk about some difficult subjects, but overall, I think church meetings we we ought to be celebrating the direction of what God has done about the affirming of, of either new members or, or yeah. certain things like that. Um, but we need to be very aware that Satan loves to cause disunity. Yeah. And as a church leader, don't ever walk into a meeting thinking everything's just going to go right. Yeah. Um, Satan wants nothing more than to throw a wrench in your meetings. And so if you're, if you're not an elder, if you're not a leader in your church, and when you go to a church meeting, one of the things you should be doing prior is praying for unity, yeah. praying for peace. Because Satan wants, he wants to pervert our desires he wants us to, to fight against something. And I mean, there, I have been in church meetings where I can say there's been a level of tension at times that's probably wasn't super healthy. I've yeah. been in definitely in church meetings where we haven't agreed, but they've been great. Like we don't always yeah. have to agree on things. 
I have not been a part, but I have heard a multitude of stories of churches where man, there's, there's, there's like knockdown dragouts, yeah. where there's actual fist fights, where there's verbal fights. Um, I haven't seen the fist fights. I've seen the verbal fights. Like, the, yeah. The sad thing is, it, like that's a reality that happens yeah. in so many churches. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know what I'd do if that happened. Like, that's that's a very scary phenomenon to me to actually have like so much hostility that would go to some type of verbal sparring or to an actual physical fight. So, so let's identify maybe a few of the reasons why we would meet, right? Why have a church meeting? What is the, and, and, you know, we're not going to delineate all of them, but maybe what are some of the things that the church as a, as a whole would, I mean, we're, we're in a congregationally affirmed church, right? right? Elder-led, congregationally affirmed. Maybe we'd right. define that a little bit. And then what are the t- types of things that the church body would approve, and what are the types of things that the church body, we as elders, are asking the church, are, are trying to lead and to influence the church because we believe this is the direction God is leading us. So let's delineate that a little bit. Let's yeah. start with, let's start with, what are the purposes of the church meeting? Well, so I, I guess I would say just um, you have uh, the approval of the budget. Um, I mean, this is what the church, they're giving money. Uh, they, they should have a say in it. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the elders and probably a large group of people are working together for the formation of the budget. Mm-hmm. It should be in line with vision. But you really want the church. I mean, if, if they don't vote on it, well, I guess I'd say it this way. You want their buy-in. Yeah. I mean, you're not trying to force. If you force a budget and they're not buying in on it, you're probably not going to come close to meeting budget. Uh, so you want them in on it. You want them to know when you're adding a $20,000 line item for missions and you're saying, look, this is going to be a huge jump for us, but this is why we believe this. I mean, you want buy-in on that. Yeah. And you want to be able to maybe even say, look, I, I, I don't know how it is that we're going to meet this, but we know God's grace is leading us this way. And, and you're asking the church to pray about it, to affirm it. So anyways, that's a long story to, to or long way of saying church budget. I would say the voting in of elders. Elders are, are called to lead the church. Um, now, I, I could argue that they don't need to be voted in because uh, uh, Paul tells Timothy to go appoint elders. Point. So I, I could argue so, that they don't need to be. So, so here's how I would, I would respond to that. I would say elders aren't voted in; they're affirmed by the body, right? So, so they're, they're, that means it's not a democratic process by which we're the not body, like putting forth names. The body doesn't come up with names of of men. Not that they don't have a ability to recommend. Not, not that they, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, you want their recommendations. Hopefully, the body would say, yeah, these are men that we see as spiritual. Yeah, and and they've, but but those men should also have come to the attention of the existing leadership of the church totally. is already shepherding. They, they should uh, be probably be being discipled by those be, guys already. They should be. They yeah. should be at that point. So if, if things are healthy, are working correctly, the leadership of the church is going to recognize uh, men in the church that, that are elder candidates right. and then are going to put them before the body to affirm. Right, which is different in my mind. I know it, it sounds like just language, but it's not. It's not. It's different than voting in. It's it's yeah right no I, and and that and 
I would say in your constitution, you need to define what to vote or affirm. You need to define those certain words uh, because they matter. Um, That's something that we're working through, actually, uh, or we will be working through. We're going to start thinking about the rewriting of our entire constitution. There's a lot of things we want to take out. There's things we want to add. And we're probably going to have like an appendix section where we have terms and how we define them in order to answer these very questions. What does it mean when they say affirm? Because we have the word affirm in it now, and and we, we can talk all day in circles about what that could mean. Uh, I think the voting, you want the church to vote on the buying and selling of property. property. You don't want that just to be in the hands of one or two guys or, or yeah. five guys. Uh, five guys, five, that's like a burger place, That right? is a burger place. Oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. You missed lunch, didn't you? Yeah. I ate a banana. That's not very much. Anyways. Uh, yeah. I would say, Salem, here's the other thing with anything financial, too, is, and, you, and I think you said it, the buy-in. Yeah. Both buy-in of the budget of okay, so so this is this is the budget we are approving as a body, and now we're responsible to fund it because we believe this is where God is leading us. And so with the sale of land as well, the other piece is okay. So so if we're going to buy or sell a, a piece of land, if you're selling, now we have we have resources to do something with. Right. If you're buying, now we have a responsibility right. uh, to purchase. Um, and, and, and it is, it's a buying, it's a commitment that the body has to make. And so when, when you're voting on that, uh, you're affirming your, your commitment to right. this process. And so I, I think there could be, I mean, there are constitutional changes. You probably want um, a certain amount of people within the church to be able to vote on that. That's probably a good thing because the church is voting on, on how the church runs. You don't want like two or three guys just changing the way the church is run. So possibly constitutional changes. Uh, and, and that can be worked out based upon quorum size for certain things. Well, and this all also, you know, we didn't talk about this. This, this all necessitates a membership. Right. Now, I, I would say be very careful, and, and it's, it's good to... It's good for the church to realize congregational, when a congregation votes on something, don't think that that's majority. Because oftentimes, uh, someone's constitution will say, uh, you have to have uh, 50% of the membership present for to have a meeting. Let's just throw out terms. And then you have to have um, a majority of those present. So now all you need is 26% of the congregation to actually approve anything. And some churches will say you need 15% of the, of the membership to, to vote something in. So if you have 100 people, you need 15 people, and then you need to have a majority of that, which would be seven or eight. So uh, That's a really low quorum. So just realize, and, and this is something because a lot of people, when they start thinking congregation votes, oh, that's majority-led, that's what we want. We want everyone to have a buy-in. That doesn't actually take place. But you do have a lot more people voting on things when you have it clearly defined, when the, when the elders of the church are clearly presenting what is being voted on, why it matters, giving people plenty of time to show up for a meeting, making sure the meeting time is actually at a time when people can gather. So that may be during the week, if that's great, if everyone can come back. That might, what we do right now, uh, which, I, which I think I like for the most part, is we'll actually do a potluck after church. Uh, we invite non-members to stay to see how we do yeah. um, our voting. We want them to know, hey, 
See how we love one another. See how we interact. See how we vote. See how we shepherd at this time. And, and, uh, and so we do it right then, which that has proven to probably be the best way to have a majority of people there. Baptists and potlucks, man. We, we love food. You, yeah, we can't, you can't separate the two. Yeah, it's true. So, so we have church budget, property, constitution. Elders. Elders. Calling and dismissal of a pastor. Okay, calling and dismissal of a pastor. Which that could fall into elders. Uh, my mind blanks. Uh, I think we have a few other things in our constitution. I think I think I said earlier, like nine marks. I think they listed seven. Yep. Um, those it, are those are the main. Yeah, those are the main things that the the body is going to vote on. I mean, and there's probably a few more, but whether it's, um, well, I think along with the constitution, uh, would your church affirm like the doctrinal statement? If you were to change that, I think so. Okay. I think that'd be because, well, yeah, I, I think that you have the church. This is what, when the church comes for membership, every person that is joining the church is joining, joining based upon under that charter. the doctrinal statement yes. uh, and what is going to be taught at that church. So if a change is going to take place, yeah, I would definitely say that would need to come. That's yeah. a good one. That's good bringing that up. Yeah. Um, when it comes to what the elders can do apart uh, from the voting of the church. I think there's a lot, of, especially when it comes to vision and, and planning for things in the future, there's a lot of things that the elders are just going to be doing. I would say this, though. What takes place in elders' meetings, a lot of that needs to be communicated to the church. The church needs to be in on those things. So rather than maybe coming up a list of things of, of what the elders do and don't do, uh, that, that may be helpful. But what I would say is, like, if the elders are going to make a big change in vision, you're going to want to yeah. bring the church along in that process. So I would say have meetings with the church, but make sure everyone knows the purpose of the meeting and make sure everyone knows there's no vote going to be at this meeting. We just want your yeah. opinion. We just want to know where you're at. We want to present some things to you, wrestle with some things. Uh, well, meetings are, here's the thing, meetings are necessary, and they're not always efficient. Efficiency, especially with church meetings, is not the highest value. It is a value. Like, it, like if, if we're just sitting there spinning our wheels around the same thing over and over and over again, that's going to bore a lot of people. It's not, right. I mean, it's, you're not going to get anywhere. It's, it's a value. But there's a lot of things worked out in meetings relationally. Right. Like the vision. Like people who are going to have questions about the vision. Or, or you or another elder explaining, this is where we're going and this is, this is why. Well, uh, and one thing that comes up is their objections. And Absolutely. it's not even, that's not even a, I don't, I don't mean that like in a bad way, like they're against maybe what the elders are presenting, but maybe they bring something up that questions a decision and the elders go, we didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, that's a great time to affirm that person. And that's a great time to say, you know what, man, we, we haven't thought about that. Uh, we need to go back to the drawing board on that mm -hmm. or maybe say, well, this is why we've chosen this way and we're going to go forward this so, way. So um, that kind of leads us into a possible title for this podcast. Uh, when church meetings go wild or church, church meetings gone wild, because it's really it's how those uh, objections yes. are addressed inside the church meeting so, that make that can derail the church meeting. So 
I have the blessing of being a part of an amazing church that there's a great deal of love for one another. So almost every single meeting we've had has been pretty phenomenal. There has been a couple times where there has been some objections raised where I would say there's some tension that's brought in the room that definitely makes people kind of go, ooh, this is getting kind of, this is getting uncomfortable. Um, so I, I think maybe how do we avoid that? One, um, if you have people in your church that you know they just feel like they need to speak about things and they're always going to question things and it doesn't always come out well. So you should also rephrase that or we should answer this next. If you are one of those people. Okay, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> but if you're one of those elders or if, <laughs> if you're an elder, <laughs> you should be an elder. Um, meet with those people ahead of time. Yeah. Meet with them uh, because you want to answer those questions prior to a meeting. Be- not... Not because you don't want them to speak in that meeting, but because you want to protect the rest of the church uh, and protect the unity of the church. Because we must remember, uh, we as a body of believers are to demonstrate the unity that we have in Christ. Our interaction with one another is supposed to be part. Is supposed to demonstrate peace and love. That does not mean we agree, but it does mean that when we do disagree, we do so also in love. So I would say if you're if you're in a meeting and you do raise up a question that, that does not get answered the way you like, you need to greatly pray and discern what your next step should be. And I would say silence should probably be the default. Um, we want to be very careful that just because the person up front didn't answer it the way that I wanted or desired does not mean that what they did was wrong. It does not mean that, that my thought uh, or my question uh, was not important, but maybe I need to seek clarification on a one-on-one level before it continues to go at a public debate. Now, I would say if there's potential, like we talked about, a statement of faith, if the elders stand up and say, you know, um, we don't believe we're going to teach the Trinity anymore, and we believe that, you know, the Holy Spirit's no longer a part of the Trinity, you know, something like that, uh, go ahead and throw down. <laughs> like, like <laughs> gloves off, like someone's going to the morgue on that one in <laughs> a sense, you know what I mean? Like, that's going to be like really big, but I would say majority of the times that we disagree in a church, it's going to be over detail type so things. That's a that's a hill to die on. Yes. Right. But, Majority of things are not hills to die on. But the on. way a Christian dies is much different than the way the world dies. Right. So so okay. So wait, wait, hold on. One, one more thing before right. uh remember this at a church meeting you cannot get into the details of everything. If you do, you will have lots of division because the deeper you go into the details, the more opinions will come up. Um Majority of those things have to be worked out probably among the elders and probably within conversation with individuals. It's at the group when you come together at a church meeting that you need to keep, keep the meeting at a certain uh, vagueness or I don't want to say so that here's, here's at a certain I, general level yeah. that everyone could participate in. Here, here's what I would say, and maybe this is a good, a good analogy. Uh, the church is going to see the vision of the church 
a 50,000-foot view, Good you know, point, the, yeah. the, those meetings, okay? The elders are going to see it as a 20,000-foot view. Uh, the lead pastor and the staff are going to be on the ground. So, right. so the on the ground, all those details, little small, small minute decisions of how we run a barbecue – uh, is going to be the, uh, is it propane the, the, or is it charcoal? Is it, is it or is it are we busting out the smoker right? Or because do we bury the pig with stones? With stones, and, oh, that'd be good. But can we do that tonight? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it, you got to understand, like at the at the the level of actually carrying out some of those details. Yeah, the the body as a whole, you know. It, shouldn't be arguing every every point the elders should have some oversight over that but there should be some trust in the deacons to carry that out right all right so you got a 50,000 20,000 no that's a really ground, good way to look at it ground level and if if you're coming to a meeting as a member what well, really is anyone do not try to make ground level decisions at that meeting yeah you can't like you're just not it's, it's not possible. Um, and I think that's where most of the division comes apart. I don't think anyone has a problem. Like our church, we just made a, a committed uh, decision uh, for supporting pastors in, um, in India who are reaching unreached people groups. And so we got the whole church behind it. Um, and we kept that at uh, 20,000 feet or something, 50,000. I don't know. We, we kept it at an altitude that we could, uh, no one disagrees about that. Now then, if we want to talk about some of the details of what that partnership looks like and how we get emails from correspondences, I mean, that, we're not going to ever satisfy people, but, at, but everyone commits. This is exactly what we need to do. Well, we need to reach unreached people groups. We're going to go here. This is what we're going to do. Everyone's on board. Now you trust your elders and maybe other leadership staff who are going to make sure those details get carried out. And if you have questions, those are probably really good, valuable questions, but to handle on a one-on-one basis. Yeah, and, and there are things that, that people in the church are going to have um, opinions about, even big-picture things. And so... Uh, I would say this, the majority of time when someone's super passionate about something, it's because they have a direct um, experience, whether it's traumatic or not, they have a direct experience that, that affected them. Yeah. And that probably also skews their perception of reality, both of, of what possibly could happen or what has happened. Right. Um, and so that's that's good to keep in mind is, you know, when someone's particularly passionate about you doing something a certain way, it's probably because of a past hurt. Yeah. It's probably because there's some baggage in their past. Uh, and, and we all have baggage. Which is really hard yeah. to shepherd ha- yeah. in front of 100, 200, 300, 400 people. Yes. Because that person's emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. As an elder, you're trying to maintain peace, yeah. unity, yeah. Uh, it, it could just be very, very hard. So, so here's here's what I've seen because I've seen the knockdown dragouts. I've seen the church splits. I've seen. Um, I bet you'd be pretty good in that. You're pretty scrappy. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. Uh, I, I weep in the back. That's what happens with yeah. me, right? Uh, so, so here's here's what I've seen that's been helpful. Uh, I've seen church meetings begun or having that that begin with worship and admonition of the word. Uh, I see church meetings that begin with um, with prayer 
uh, and 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 song. I see worship or, or church means to begin with. You know, I'm thinking of Colossians three. I think if if we were to, in fact, at our next church meeting, if we were to have anything that we know is dissentious, you know, we'd probably encourage our body with this. Um, I'll, I'll just read it. First uh, Colossians three. If you then have been raised with Christ, is that First Colossians three? Sorry, Colossians three. <laughs> I said 1 Corinthians, I meant Colossians. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then he gives a charge to the church. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. What happens when when there's... uh, Dissension and church meetings, what's earthly in us is rising up, typically. Uh, our flesh is rising up. And, of course, he lists his sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, covetous, covetousness, which is idolatry. On the count of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Uh, he continues, don't lie to one another. Put away malice. Put away anger. Put away slander. Obscene talk from your mouth. That should not come out in a church meeting. If we're going to, re- Which means when the church meeting is over and things didn't go your way, to use that kind of speaking, you don't go in the parking lot and then have the second church meeting. No, the, 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 the meeting's over, right? At that point, if there's more to be discussed, man, find an elder, find your pastor, set up another meeting, pray, go home, uh, pray about it, um, but do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and then you put on the new self, which is being renewed day by day. And then he says this, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, this is how we're supposed to conduct our meetings, yeah. with compassionate hearts, with kindness, with humility, with meekness, with patience, bearing with one another, because people are going to have different opinions. You know, that, I mean, that just right there, bear with one another. Bear. And, and I yeah. would say, if you're a, both ways, I'll first say, if you're a member, your elders have been appointed, have been voted on, affirmed, or however... By the church, they are men of godly character. Not perfect, but godly character who are calling to lead. Doesn't mean they lead perfect, but they're calling, they've been called to lead. So when you disagree, give grace. Realize that maybe they didn't say something right. Maybe you didn't hear something right. Uh, But give grace, seeking to understand them. And I think as as a shepherd, as an elder, when someone disagrees, don't think, oh, man, they're against me. Realize I didn't say something right. Maybe I didn't hear them correctly. And then seek that, uh, you know, that relationship uh, on one-on-one. We need to make sure we're going to one another. Satan wants more than anything for for the for the, that division to breed within our hearts um, a spirit of um, of slander, of gossip, of anger. And we need to be aware of that. I mean, that that is broke. There's so many churches that are closed today because when they come to meet, there's anger and there's there's slander that takes place, there's divisiveness because they're yeah. not doing what you just read, taking off and putting on. Yeah. And, and these are often are really good people, but they're coming with with a different mindset when they're coming for the meeting. And so as a church, we need to equip. How do yeah. we come to meetings? See, there's this, there's this understanding that when I go to a meeting like this, okay, now it's time to put the gloves on and fight for what I want. Right. And, and that's, not, that's not what a church meeting is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about in unity. How do we pursue? How do we follow Jesus? You're not following your elders. You're following Jesus. Right. 
That's Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. It's not, you don't follow me, follow Christ. Let's go together. You know, I mean, there isn't, yeah, you're following your leadership, you're following your eldership, but their pursuit should be Christ. And, and you should be believing that that is their pursuit. Uh, and it doesn't mean that they're not that they're perfect. It doesn't mean that they're perfect. It means they're they're the not elder perfect. Or the so, member. Or, or the member. And and yeah. so so here he says, um uh where's it at? There I am. Fourteen. Uh yeah. If anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Your your elders, your pastor is is gonna make mistakes. I make mistakes um in, in how I I I and how I address people, uh, man, well, I'm, man, I'm riddled. As, I'm riddled with just fallenness. Even as we look, like I know for me, as I as I think that I became a pastor back in 2004, and from there till now, like the way I pastor and shepherd is way different. Yeah, uh, yeah. In the sense of, I think greater love, greater understanding, greater compassion. You know, wisdom on certain things. You know, I think we're all growing. Even the 60-year-old pastor is still growing. So hopefully when he looks back at his 60-year-old self when he's 70, he's going to see he's grown in his shepherding. We need to let our shepherds grow. Well, and 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 no matter how, you know, there's this idea that, well, you're a pastor, you should know better. Well, there might be a sense in that, but there's also a sense in which you're just a broken, fallen person whom God is redeeming. And yeah. so, and, and and part of being the body of Christ is we're gonna we're gonna sin against each other. Not, it's not if, it's when right. we sin against each other. We're called to forgive each other. We're called uh, to bear with one another. Um, and and so, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And and here it is. Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything in perfect harmony. And if we're loving each other as we come to our church meeting. Uh, then 15 is going to happen. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you indeed you were called to one body. And just one that body. the unity of that body is, is, is going to be present as, as we're having a mindset of, of love as God's chosen people. Um, and of course, we want to be led by the word, right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I know it doesn't say in parentheses in church meetings. Like, that's, not, that's not the context. But everything. But, but everything. And everything you, you do, do. Everything you do. So the church meeting is not separate. No, and they, it's not they, separate they be such an from this charge. amazing expression of our love for one another. And it's hard because we, we do. We make decisions and... You know, we all want to say in certain things. I think, for one, we need to realize we actually don't all need to say things. No. And, and not every matter is as important as we think. I, I still remember, I, I think I can use this, the NAB Northwest meeting last year. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. So Vividly. I am, I am one of these people that when I perceive that something is wrong, it is hard for me to let it go. And so at, at our NAB Northwest meeting, and again, Chris Gorman does an amazing job leading these meetings, uh, so much amazing stuff. But there was one decision that took place that I did not think was right. In fact, I, I think it was extremely wrong. Um, and I, so I called it out. And I said, well, you know, I, I questioned it right there. 
And, and, and I'll say, I do not believe it was addressed, it was answered correctly from the leader who was up there. Uh, not Chris. Uh, I wrestled so much in my seat at that moment because I, I knew if it didn't get wrestled with at that moment, it's going to be another year. But yet I also knew that the way it was answered by the other person, that if I was to continue to press on to it, it was going to change the entire atmosphere of that meeting. I don't think that I could have changed that. Like, I think my tone would have come out, and it would have been, like, I, I was angry. Um, and I think it was, like, a good anger, too, but it was an anger that was definitely moving towards unrighteousness. And so I wrestled, God, do I say something? Do I not say something? Do I say something? Do I not say something? And, and you know what? I opted not. The crazy thing is, the world kept spinning. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? It didn't all end. The <laughs> NAB Northwest didn't come crumbling down. The gospel still goes forward. I mean, not as well as it would have. Oh, before. gosh. Um, <laughs> now, I did talk to that person afterwards, and I let him know, man, the, the way you answered, it, it curtailed that meeting. And I think we, we should have answered it differently. Uh, which I think he agreed with me. Just just putting that out there. <laughs> just kidding. Well, maybe. Uh, but I, I wrestle with it. That's something that I know in certain meetings. Man, do I press on this? Do I not? And, and I would just say that that's something that we're all probably going to wrestle with when we're in church meetings at times. And I would just say probably default mode ought to be silence. Um, think about it. Do you really need to clarify most of those things can probably get handled on, on, on an individual basis. And most of them, if, they're in, if something is really wrong and we're able to handle it one-on-one, it's probably going to get brought back to everyone's attention pretty quickly. I think, I think uh, you know, and, and maybe, because clarify, I would just clarify silence in regards to if you're angry. Silence yes, if, especially regards, if there's a great deal of passion moving up in you. Yeah, you need to sit on it. Yes, you know, because a, a, um, a wise man doesn't answer in haste. A wise man, sits, you know, thinks it through and uh, lets anger go before he approaches it. Questions are good. Clarifications. Yes, I are do. Good. I do affirm that. And and so asking, you know, so so what exactly do you mean by that? Um, in so much conflict. Or so should I say, yeah, conflict can be averted. Negative conflict can be averted yeah. with clarification of questions. Um, and, and, and even if you disagree, you can ask questions in a godly manner yep. and still, still be passionate about what you believe and what your position is. But questions also give the other person an opportunity to process through what they're saying right. and what they're thinking. Um, Our questions ought to seek, um, uh, seek greater clarification. Seek, yeah, and seek the uh, best. And, and if there's a question of, you know, do we actually agree with the person in front? Our question ought to first bring clarification that I fully understand that. And if there needs to be a, should we actually go this direction? You know, thinking through, how do we say that? You know, um, I, I think so often, I don't know, for me, Man, sometimes my tone communicates more than what I want, and I need to be very aware of that. Or, or sometimes the word choice that I use is, is not healthy. Um, and I, I want to be loving. I want to be kind. I want to be compassionate. But sometimes, like you just said, um, it's not wise to always answer in haste. Sometimes I feel like I have to answer right away. 
when, you know what, maybe, maybe I can wait a minute or two, or, or you know, it, I can always come back, you know, yeah. three minutes later and say, hey, I know we just moved on. It took me a few moments to think about this. Can I ask this question now? Uh, yeah, those are good things to wrestle with. Church well, politics, man, it's, it's a necessary thing. As shepherds, we need to see them as good things, yeah. but they'll only be good things if we shepherd well. And I will say that Colossians 3 that you read, if you want to know what your meeting is going to look like, do you see that Colossians 3, the taking off of the old, the putting on of the new, on a regular every Sunday basis? What is the fellowship of your church on a Sunday morning? If you don't have fellowship on a Sunday morning, if people come and they go within like 30 seconds of the sermon being over, and there's no hanging around, lingering, talking, don't be surprised if your meetings aren't the greatest. Uh, Build that fellowship. Build that time of community. Help people to love one another. And when you come into the meetings, you get to express that love. Yeah. Well, and, and I think here's the other piece to this is, you know, we need to believe the best. Yes. You know, um, I mean, that's part of it is, is we, whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is noble, you know, think on these things and, um, and, and not assume automatically, either as leaders, that our members, that their motives and intentions are wrong or ill. I mean, they could have trouble communicating just as much as we do, but also, you know, back from from the congregation to the elders to the leaders of the church to, to believe that there's the best intention is in yeah. mind here. Uh, even if uh, a method and or an idea is, it will fall short. Because it, it's quite possible, you know, that, that the elders and leaders of the church would have ideas that, that God would, you know, change at some point. That, yes, their direction was here for now, but there comes a point where, no, that isn't the best idea for us. So, right. so then we are changing directions. I mean, the Holy Spirit can speak through anyone, um, uh, now, generally through his word, and he leads his, his shepherds together, you know, in, in unity. But uh, uh, we shouldn't think that God wouldn't speak through our body totally. to us. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah. That's all I got, man. That's good. Uh, let's pray it up. Yep. Our Father, we, we come to you and we praise you uh, for your son, Jesus Christ, who has come and died on the cross for us. And we praise you that you did not leave church politics into some ambiguous uh, question and an and, and animal of something. But Lord, you have you've shown in your word that there's to be elders there's to be deacons. You've talked about how we're to shepherd, the character that we're to have, and the character that we're to uh, demonstrate as members of the body of Christ. Lord, I pray for Bobby's church and my church. Uh, Lord, I pray for your church. Lord, your body of Christ, that we, we would love when we come together, that we would delight in our leaders, and as leaders, we would delight in our members. Um, God, help us to love those we shepherd. Mm-hmm. Help us to love them. And when we disagree, God, may you may it be as, as iron sharpens iron. God, we thank you uh, that we know that every member of the body of Christ has your spirit and that every member is able to read your word and understand and discern meaning from it. So, Lord, help us to love one another. Help us to listen to one another. Help us to move forward together. Give us wisdom 
God, and may we know that none of us are perfect, but you are the ultimate shepherd, and you shepherd us perfectly. You love your church far more than what we do, for we are your body. We are your bride. And Lord, you give us wisdom, but we know we we are are not all-knowing. And so, Lord, may we follow you. May that be our heart's desire. May we give grace to one another. May we give mercy and compassion to one another. And Lord, when we disagree, and Lord, if there's been hostility, may we be quick to seek forgiveness and reconciliation. In your wonderful name, Jesus, amen. You've been listening to Satisfied. In Christ.life. No, that's the website, man. Okay, fine, I missed it. Go ahead, do it again. You've been listening to... Satisfied. You may find more of our resources at www.satisfiedinchrist.life as Nick bows his head, shakes it, and wipes his hand across his brow. Uh, thanks for listening. Were you, you going to spell life? Yeah, I did. L-I-F-E. Did you? Oh, I, did. I missed it. I think I did. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Peace. <laughs>